Hi, this is Jeff Steele. Today we're going to read Nehemiah chapter 3, verses 1 through 16. Then Eliashib, the high priest, and the other priests started to rebuild at the Sheep Gate. They dedicated it and set up its doors, building the wall as far as the Tower of the Hundred, which they dedicated, and the Tower of Hananel. People from the town of Jericho worked next to them, and beyond them was Zakur, son of Imri. The fish gate was built by the sons of Hasanaah. They laid the beams, set up its doors, and installed its bolts and bars. Merimoth, son of Uriah, and grandson of Hakoz, repaired the next section of wall. Beside him were Meshulam, son of Berechiah, and grandson of Meshezabel, then Zedok, son of Ba'anah. Next were the people from Tekoa, though their leaders refused to work with the construction supervisors. The old city gate was repaired by Joyada, son of Pasheah, and Meshulam, son of Besodiah. They laid the beams, set up its doors, and installed its bolts and bars. Next to them were Melatia from Gibeon, Jadon from Merinoth, people from Gibeon, and the people from Mizpah, the headquarters of the governor of the province west of the Euphrates River. Next was Uziel, son of Harhiah, a goldsmith by trade, who also worked on the wall. Beyond him was Hananiah, a manufacturer of perfumes. They left out a section of Jerusalem as they built the broad wall. Rephiah, son of Hur, the leader of half the district of Jerusalem, was next to them on the wall. Next, Jediah, son of Harumaf, repaired the wall across from his own house. And next to him was Hatush, son of Hashabneah. Then came Malkijah, son of Harim, and Hashuv, son of Pehath Moab, who repaired another section of the wall and the Tower of Ovens. Shalom, son of Halohesh, and his daughters repaired the next section. He was the leader of the other half of the district of Jerusalem. The valley gate was repaired by the people from Zanoah, led by Hanun. They set up its doors and installed its bolts and bars. They also repaired the 1,500 feet of wall to the dung gate. The dung gate was repaired by Micaiah, son of Rechab, the leader of the Beth Hakerem district. He rebuilt it, set up its doors, and installed its bolts and bars. The fountain gate was repaired by Shalom, son of Kolhose, the leader of the Mizpah district. He rebuilt it, roofed it, set up its doors, and installed its bolts and bars. Then he repaired the wall of the pool of Siloam, near the king's garden. And he rebuilt the wall as far as the stairs that descend from the city of David. Next to him was Nehemiah, son of Azbuk, the leader of the half-district of beth He rebuilt the wall from a place across the tombs of David's family, as far as the water reservoir and the house of the warriors. Okay, first of all, that's a whole lot of names. I need to untwist my tongue just a minute from reading all of those. I think it's probably safe to say that this may be one of the least exciting texts in Scripture, wouldn't you agree? It's probably not one that you're going to want to try to commit to memory. And I'm thinking there aren't too many inspirational scripture posts with the words, The dung gate was repaired by Micaiah, son of Rechab, leader of the Beth Cherem district. What we have here is actually, it's actually a really detailed account of the topography of Jerusalem and specific details about how the city was rebuilt. And this actually might be one of the most important chapters in the Bible for understanding the layout of the city and its walls in this time period. It actually begins uh, at what is known as the Sheep Gate, and it works its way counterclockwise around the entire city. Now, we've already seen in chapter 2 that Nehemiah was methodical in his approach to assessing the situation before he got started. He took a good inventory of the challenges that would face him. Now, in chapter 3, we see that he sets out a plan for how to fix those problems. This is what's called get-it-done leadership. This is the really unglamorous part, and it's conveyed to us in this really unglamorous text. Listen, everybody wants to be the hero who rides into town to save the day. 
Everybody wants to be the guy who rallies the troops and wins a great victory. Then we want to ride off into the sunset as heroes. But in between arriving into town as the hero who will save the day and actually accomplishing that great victory lies a whole lot of hard work. That's the part that we don't like. We don't like the business plans and the strategies. We don't like the hard work of creating the dialogue around new ideas. We just want people to accept them so we can all move on. I mean, can't we just skip over all the in-between stuff? Sometimes accomplishing the mission means being willing to do all the stuff that nobody likes to do. It means figuring out tasks, keeping track of them, sorting out disputes between different groups, and keeping everybody united and working toward a common goal. None of that is glamorous. None of that is easy. They don't make movies about all the details that go into it along the way. So as we labor our way through highly detailed and specific text that includes a lot of names that are difficult to pronounce, I wonder, what are the difficult details that we are tempted to skip over? I think most people have an idea of what they want to accomplish or what they hope their lives will look like, but very few are willing to put in the work necessary to get there. I think about my dad, who retired from the company that he worked for for 39 years. He had become something of an expert in his field after all that time. So when he retired, he had a list of customers waiting to snatch him up as a freelance consultant. The result is that when he retired, uh, he kind of controls his own schedule, but he still works pretty much whenever he wants because his knowledge is really in demand. Now, I know plenty of people who would like to reach that point, who would like to achieve something of a reputation for being an expert in their field or a sought-after professional. But do you know what it took to get there? It took 39 years of punching in and punching out day after day. 39 years of keeping your shoulder to the plow and pushing ahead slowly, methodically, doing your job. Wouldn't it be great if you could start a new job and become an expert right away? And then retire by the time you're 30 and do what you want after that? I mean, one of our greatest weaknesses as a culture is that we've come to expect results too quickly. We quickly lose interest once the results don't feel like what they are coming quickly enough or the job turns out to be harder than we think it is. So what are the hard steps that you need to take today? What are the unglamorous projects that you've been putting off? Where do you feel like God is calling you to focus your energy in your faith or your family? Let's pray. God, I pray that you call us to great things and I pray that you call us, um, you empower us, you uh, Give us the the strength and the courage that we need to plod methodically, not always taking big steps, sometimes taking really small steps, Um, but that, God, you would give us the encouragement that we need to keep going every step of the way towards who you call us to become in your name today. Amen. Have a great day.